This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Have you ever taken a prescription into the pharmacy and been told that the medication is not available? Or maybe you turned the news on only to find out that Health Canada has issued a recall for something in your medicine cabinet. If those things have happened to you, give us a call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So the real question in that situation is how do you deal with it? I'm here with Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome, Billy. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Uh, so what do you do? Uh, well, the the easy solution, depending on the drug, obviously, is you go talk to your pharmacist. I mean, that's what they're there for is to help you and, and determine, okay, if the drug that you're regularly prescribed is not available for whatever reason, uh, then let's look at what the appropriate action or, or treatment plan or changes may need to be made uh, for that. So and there's many different reasons that we can talk about it for why a drug may not be available. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, the first one, which it, it, it actually has been increasing over, I'd say, the last uh, probably eight to 10 years, we're seeing a little bit more of it, are actual manufacturer shortages, which means that it's actually not available. The product, the, the, the company that makes it, just does not have the ability to make it for uh, the pharmacies and for people at that moment in time. And there's usually a date that they tell you when it's going to be available. And so between now and that date, it, it requires pharmacies, pharmacists, and patients to struggle and scramble to find either the right drug or possibly be switched as well. Okay, when you say they're not able to manufacture it, is that because they lack uh, some of the ingredients in it? It could be. It's a, it's a very complex uh, system. And having seen some of the manufacturing facilities myself, you, you get an understanding that they can't simply just turn the switch and say, I'm going to make this drug today. It's uh, planned well ahead of time. And so sometimes, as an example, is that it may be simply just a demand situation where a drug suddenly has a higher demand than they were expecting. They run out of what they've made for, let's say, that six-month period or that one-year period. And all of a sudden, they have this gap of like one or two months where they can't reconfigure all their equipment to make the drug again. So there's a delay. And um, what kind of notice do you usually get that this is going to be happening? It's it's a tough one, eh? Uh, sometimes we get good notice. So there's actually a website. It's called uh, drugshortages.ca. It was actually put together by the uh, federal government a few years ago. To um, It's voluntary. But uh, it's a, it was an effort to get some more information from manufacturers for when they think something will be shorted or when something is shorted, right? So um, there is that ability. We can get alerts. Pharmacists can get alerts to say, okay, yep, this drug is going to be shorted on, on this day or, or is shorted. Um, sometimes we don't find out until we try to order it and all of a sudden 
it's not available. We find out from our wholesaler that they don't have any in stock as well. Um, so it there's no good system, unfortunately, that I can say that says, okay, yeah, this is this is what's not available right now. Now, I've heard of cases where there are some drugs, say, they come off patent, and it, it, manufacturers say, I'm not making enough money from this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, that could be actually one of the contributors why we've been seeing it over the last few years is whether the um, the price of the drug, which we've always talked about a few times around just how it's controlled, the prices have gone down, things like that, where it's not maybe worth it for a manufacturer to make it anymore. Maybe there's not enough demand. Maybe there's not enough um, uh, re- reimbursement for what they're doing to make sense. So what happens is that there's less and less companies that may make that. It may come down to one company. And then if that one company suddenly goes out of stock, no alternatives. So you find yourself in that situation. The other thing is that uh, sometimes the active ingredient, which in some cases may be just made by one company somewhere around the world, is also shorted. And all of a sudden you find all five companies that typically make a drug may not be available as well, which is one of those weird, unusual situations. Yep. So um, callers, uh, we want to hear from you if you've experienced anything like this, where a drug that you need suddenly is not available, or there's been a recall, or anything like that. Or, uh, you know, you can have other questions for Billy Chung. He is our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he can answer all your pharmaceutical questions. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, uh, Billy, we had that incredible case in the United States of a company being sold, the company that made the EpiPen, which mm-hmm. is a life-saving thing for people with, you know, life-threatening allergies. And they suddenly, what did they double? They it, it Prices was su- went up significantly. Yeah, US. to 600 bucks for yeah. one EpiPen. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the U.S. is a different marketplace than Canada, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so it's, I would probably categorize it as a little bit more free market in the U.S., whereas in Canada, our, our prices are very controlled, um, uh, which is good and bad in certain cases because what it also means is in a free market, you can also have a commodity drop really low in price, which we see in the U.S. sometimes the generic prices go down to very, very low values because it's a commodity, um, whereas in Canada, again, you don't have that difference, right? But yeah, we have an example in the States where that EpiPen price went went up. Now, I'll use an exa- another example because uh, you use the medication EpiPen. Well, there's a generic in Canada that was available uh, and I believe this was about a year, year and a half ago, where that generic um, was recalled in Canada. So here's a situation where a shortage potentially comes because uh, you've got two companies making the drug. One company suddenly gets recalled, and the demand for the other drug suddenly increases so significantly that the other manufacturer needs to suddenly have to say, okay, can we ramp up our production? Can we ramp up our supply to satisfy double the demand of what we typically wouldn't have planned for. And what would the reasons for a recall be? You know what? The recall could be anything from uh, uh, testing that says, okay, there's it, it didn't satisfy the requirements to be on the market, to contamination, to whatever. Like, there's a lot of checks and balances, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, obviously, if there's something that isn't to spec uh, for the recall, then what happens is that it's for the safety of people to say, you know what? We need to pull this medication back. Um, and then sometimes a recall could simply be uh, from a manufacturer. And if, if people might have seen in the media a few years, years ago where one of the uh, drug drug companies who has their um, 
products manufactured in India, um, the plant in India by the FDA didn't pass, um, but it was still allowed in Canada for a bit. Uh, and then the Canadian government also decided to hold off, pull it off and say, okay, nope, anything coming out from that plant is not allowed either. And all of a sudden you've got medications that a company was making that people need not being available. Um, so you start struggling, right, when a patient comes into, uh, into the pharmacy for that purpose. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really something. So uh, you have a situation where your drug is recalled or uh, it's just running out. Um, mm-hmm. How do you figure out an alternative? So this is what pharmacies typically do. So as a pharmacist, when someone comes in, I say, oh, you're being prescribed something that's not available. Um, you look at the situation. So what we may do is, first of all, call around to other pharmacies. Okay, and that's what we do. I mean, pharmacies collaborate quite a bit, and we'll ask and see if there's any other pharmacies that may have that product available. And depending on the drug, if it is life-saving, if it is something that is 100% necessary, then yeah, we um, uh, pharmacies will say, you know what, I, I, I know you have a patient that needs this, and we'll pass it along to you. So that's one thing. We may also call the manufacturer sometimes. So instead of going through our wholesaler, who may not have it, call the manufacturer and say, listen, we need to get this drug. Do you have any? And any available, and they may have, in some cases, certain supplies that they hold off for emergency situations and stuff too, because they're kind of aware. You try to manage it to make sure that the people who need it most get the medication. And then, last thing is that we may need to say, you know what? Let's call your doctor and talk about some alternatives. We may need to switch you to something different. That that would be also something we may do. Um, so, if you're going to uh, if you're going to get something else from the doctor. Uh, you need to go to the doctor. You can't just do that with the pharmacist. It, it actually depends now. So depending on what it is, the pharmacist may be able to manage all that for you by contacting the doctor, making the recommendation, and actually doing the switch as well. So it's uh, with the expanded scope of pharmacists as well as the pharmacist training, you are you will see in a lot of cases it will actually still save you that trip. And it re- obviously it really depends on the condition and the medication that's being switched as well. Uh-huh. I mean, this, uh, I, I think it only happened to me once, and uh, here's a good news story that I I mm-hmm. ended up with something that actually I liked better, better than, for you. than the medication I was having uh, before. Uh, let's go to the phones, and we've got Armando in Don Mills. Hi, Armando. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Fine, thank you. May I talk to the pharmacist? He's right I, here. I'm right here listening, Armando. <laughs> thank you. Could you please tell me how long... A medication remains good after the expiry date. Ah, expiry dates. Good question. So typically, we don't recommend you taking anything that's past expiry date, okay? Um, But you should speak to your pharmacist. In many cases, the medications don't um, cause harm necessarily, but what it means is that it may not be as effective. So in other words, if it is a 100-milligram tablet, right? Um, After the expiry date, there's no more guarantee that you're getting 100 milligrams when you take that medication. So depending on the medication and the importance of it, if there's no guarantee, then it's really just not a smart thing to do. So obviously, always speak to your pharmacist first, ask them about it, bring the medication in and see, um, and they can tell you exactly what what, uh, you should or shouldn't do. Um, But uh, And there are some, not very common, but there are some medications that uh, you shouldn't necessarily take after expiry. But most of the cases, the medication just stops working very at, at the same level as it should. Isn't there kind of a little uh, wiggle room and flex room in those expiry dates? If it says March, you know, it's it's probably okay in May. <laughs> it's kind of like you, you wonder about food and expiry for food as well, right, in some cases. So, um, again, it comes down to the condition and the, and the actual med- 
medication. And the reason why is that there are some medications that have a what we call a narrow therapeutic index, which means the dosage range is uh, needs to be fairly exact. And in those cases, I would probably say you don't want that risk of a wiggle room, okay? Because it's something that you definitely need. Um, in cases where maybe there's some wiggle room and some variation and you don't have to be exact exact, then there may be that, you know, little bit extra time. But again, that's something I would recommend you speak to the pharmacist, talk about the medication. The pharmacist will give you the the, uh, the medication advice on what you should do in that situation. Okay. Thank, um, thank, you, so thank you very Sorry? Thank you, so, thank you so much and have a good afternoon. You thank you very much, is, Armando. Your program is wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, uh, we have to take a quick break. I'm going to give the numbers before we leave uh, for the break. I'm here with Billy Chung. He's here to take your questions on uh, pharmaceuticals, whatever your questions may be. We are talking about what happens if your medication is recalled or if there's a shortage of it because he has some ideas on how to deal with that. But again, uh, you can call with your other questions like Armando did. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. He's taking your calls and questions, and we're talking about what to do when there's a shortage of medication you need. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Debbie in Mississauga. Hello, Debbie. Hi there, Libby. Go ahead. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering for the pharmacist that sometimes we're prescribed a specific a name brand drug and then they switch to a generic when it becomes available or maybe insurance purposes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I found with um, a couple of medications for my husband and I, the, the generic has side effects and doesn't work. And I've had to switch the doctor right um, name brand only because it doesn't work as well as a generic. I just wonder why that happens, and yeah, it's a it's yeah. a good question, Debbie. Um, just around generics and brands. So, and when we talked about this whole manufacturing thing, um, the the what you can be confident in is the active ingredient between the brand name medication and the generic is the same. Okay, and sometimes it may come from the same source. It may be the same manufacturer of that active ingredient. Um, but what changes is the actual manufacturer would put the tablet or capsule, whatever the medication is, together maybe differently. They may add other uh, fillers, is what we would call it, or excipients uh, to that medication, right? So um, having a reaction, like different side effects, is not very common uh, because the active ingredient is the same. But it may have been a reaction to some of those fillers that the other company put in that the original company didn't have, right? So. That's the variation. It happens. It's not very common, but uh, when it does, then you speak to the pharmacist, and uh, they they can look at whether there's another generic out there that you may not react with, because again, different company making the same thing, um, or you you get put onto the brand name as well. And if you're lucky enough that brand name, you're you're covered for it. But in many cases, drug plants don't cover the brand name anymore. Um, so if you want to save a cost difference, I would probably still suggest maybe looking at some other generic versions from a different company that you may not react to. But uh, from a, from an active ingredient, it, it should be the same. 
Okay. Okay, that's helpful. I mean, my insurance did did pay for one that said the doctor has said uh, name brand only because mm-hmm. there wasn't another alternative. So um, I was lucky that way. But yep. uh, yeah, that's great. Good, yeah, good to know. Okay. Okay, Debbie. Thank you thanks. for your call. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, I remember um, I got um, uh, uh, an email from a listener once, and, and what she said was, uh, why don't uh, patients become informed? Because she was taking something, and uh, they changed one of the fillers, and she became ill from it, and mm-hmm. it took her a long time to figure it out because she had no idea this was happening. Yeah. it's a, The whole manufacturing process is very complex. And, uh, you know, a brand company, brand name, can change the way they make it up. Um, a generic can change the way it makes up. And just to even manage the, that type of information and reporting is probably just way more complex than our system. Do you know manage. when that happens? You know what? Um, we get notified if uh, if there's some major changes. Doesn't happen that often, really. Okay, so first of all, the, the changes in fillers don't happen that often. Um, but when it does happen, we may get notified. Like if the color or tablet changes, we usually are aware. The pharmacist usually would, and they should, uh, inform you if they're switching the manufacturer. Okay, which happens, especially when we've been talking about shortages. If I in my pharmacy can't access a a drug from company A and I need to access it because people need it for their blood pressure, heart condition or whatever, I may have to access it from company B or company C. It means that you're getting the same active ingredient, but it means that the company has changed. And I will let you know that, okay, manufacturer's changed, same active ingredient. But at least you're aware when you're taking it just to be uh, cognizant of if anything different takes place when you're taking it, we might need to look at it. But most of the time, the switches, they're 95% of the time shouldn't have any issues at all. Okay, well, that's that's good, because I have been asked about it. Uh, let's go to Adriana in Thornhill. Hello, Adriana. Hello. Hi, Hi. I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, is the pharmacist uh, should know, any pharmacist, are they educated for uh, interactions between the medication you take and the supplements you take? Absolutely, they are. Go ahead, Billy. Yeah. So I'll let you know. The uh, pharmacist would know typically the more common ones, obviously, or the regular ones that they may see or see people have and some of the major things that people change. The other advantage is that your pharmacist also has access to – electronic references and databases that typically not everybody would have access to, even with the internet, right? These are subscription-based um, resources. So um, we're able to, in, in the pharmacy, pull out and we can do, a, we can sit down with you, go through with all your medications and your supplements, and then um, pull out all the potential things that you need to be aware of, including if there are any interactions as well. Keep in mind, though, the supplements are, uh, Adriana, not always black and white because there isn't a whole lot of data always with the interactions with supplements. So some things we have data on, some things we don't. Uh, But we do at least, if there is definite interactions, we would be able to find that out for you. My pharmacist's answer was that he does not know. He does not know. Well, I, so I was just wondering. If, <laughs> well, maybe maybe you need another pharmacist. Yeah. Maybe we we maybe talk a lot right. of yeah. We talk a lot about finding the right pharmacist. It's a healthcare professional you want to trust, just like your doctor. So correct. But I trusted him. But I'm I'm in a, such a basic supplements, you know, vitamin D and uh, omega, you know, that nothing unusual. 
Yeah. Not too many medications either, so I was surprised. I would get clarity on whether he didn't know or whether he meant there was nothing to interact with it, right? Oh, so. he said he does not know. Well, uh, <laughs> Libby said it best uh, then. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. And here I have another question. Yeah. Um, I gather that sometimes uh, supplements don't necessarily list everything that's in them. That's the big challenge with herbals. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, like because, you know, a drug has a specific active ingredient, whereas a herbal medication, it's from a plant, and it could be multiple different things in the plant that are causing mm-hmm. the benefit or effect of it, right? So it is it is very tough in terms of herbal-drug interactions. There are some that are very well-known, and there are some that's kind of just, it's fuzzy, and you One have to look at the data. One was plain turmeric, which uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of countries they use it on a daily basis in the food. Yeah. It's yeah. the curcumin, you know, so yeah. that is well known. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying that sometimes in uh, supplements that you buy, they don't list all the yes, things that are don't. in there. Oh, yeah, no, it's... It is tough. They, they they are required to list anything that they use to manufacture it, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it does require some research. Your pharmacist would need to look it up and, and yeah. find that information for you. I'll, I'll have to go tell him before I change. Please look it up. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thanks, Adriana. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Harvey and Ajax. Hello, Harvey. Hello. Hi, Harvey. Go Hello. ahead. Yes? We're all ears. Oh, okay. A quick question. Um, okay, I've got these expired bottles with pills in them. Um, does the pharmacist take them back? Of course. That's a very quick question. Every pharmacy uh, takes back medication. It's part of the program to make sure that the drugs don't get into the, the sewers into the and the waters and the garbage and things like that. So typically you bring it back to the pharmacy where you got it from. Um, but if for some reason you can't do that, then bring it to a different pharmacy and ask Excellent. them to pull Thank the you. dispose. No okay. Problem, that was an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a few minutes left, not too many. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And uh, back to our original topic. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about a couple of situations, one where the manufacturer of an injectable, yeah. there was a fire. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. Right, yeah. like the the manufacturing plant had a big fire, and their production was shut down. They had to rebuild things, right? And uh, this situation, which was a, a, a couple of years ago, um, this this company makes a lot of injectables and very specialized stuff that hospital used, and and they're very necessary drugs. So there was a big effort, uh, and and you, as patients, you wouldn't see it uh, directly, but behind the scenes, there was a whole workaround to move to say, who needs these medications regularly the most often? And which hospitals, and then there was a whole prioritization by the manufacturer to make sure that it, whatever was available was given to the people who needed it. If someone is prescribed newly on something and there's a shortage, then typically what a pharmacist might do is say, you know what, it doesn't make sense for you to start on something that is difficult to get, and then go back to the doctor and recommend something different, right? So um, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes to really try to make sure that if you need a medication, you can, but also keep in mind that if there is a shortage and your pharmacist is saying, you know what, we might need 
need to switch you. There's a reason for that, and then work with your pharmacist to see what uh, is best for you as an alternative. And uh, the other thing that you brought up, uh, this is uh, what I would call in the realm of unintended consequences. So uh, we're moving, uh, provinces are moving to a system of bulk buying. Yes, for drugs to lower the cost. It yes. makes perfect sense. Exactly. But but you're saying that can lead to a, yeah. a so shortage. You think about it, you talk about, okay, if there's five companies that make a medication and there's bulk buying in the co- and the co- massively, the government says right across Canada, we're only going to use one of the medications from one company. The other four companies will no longer be in the marketplace, which means they won't make that medication. So imagine that one company that has the contract to supply it has a fire or something, right? Suddenly they can't supply. All of a sudden you got a medication that now no longer has uh, a supplier in Canada to provide. And there's a challenge, right? So it's you got to balance that off, and that's what all the regulators and governments and need to, to figure out. Maybe we need a few companies at least so that you're not just giving it to one. Okay. Uh, we have time for one more call. Let's go to Ed in Burlington. Hi, Ed. Hello. Hi, Ed. Yes, I have a question about the interaction of the different medication in, in for a, for an 88-year-old person. Uh, yes. Okay. This person was taking about eight medications. Yeah. And suddenly, she is uh, having a, a dry mouth. Yeah. So I I am thinking that maybe it's uh, the interaction of all these medications, and um, if. Um, and for how long will that, if the medications are, for example, removed, for how long this um, effect will, will stay on? So, uh, Ed, it's a very good question. So, first of all, dry mouth is a very specific side effect of certain types of medications that people take. And um, uh, so I would recommend, it sounds like this is a friend of yours, have them go to the pharmacy, pharmacist, and ask to sit down for a meds check, a medication review. They'll sit down and go through and check if there's any interactions and see if there's any problems with it. And also let them know to talk about the dry mouth and identify because it's likely less because of an interaction, more specifically the result of one of the medications this person's taking is what I'm thinking. But is aren't there things to take for the dry mouth? Yeah, if, if the medication is necessary, and there's no alternatives, right, then there are some dry mouth sprays and things like that that can be helpful. Um, but it, it, again, it comes back to that balance, right? If somebody really needs that medication um, then and they can tolerate the dry mouth then, or they can use some of the other supplements that are available to help uh, alleviate it, then great. But if it's really bothersome to that person, then we would look at seeing if there's an alternative. Uh, do those uh, solutions for dry mouth, do they work well generally? To, to some people they are, and to some people they're not. It's, I mean, it's a saliva replacement, and uh, it's a spray, it's tablets, things, things like that. And uh, so it can be cert- effective to a certain extent, but, you know, it might not last through the entire night for someone, for example. They might wake up with a dry mouth in the middle of the night, things like that. So um, it's, it's hard to say, depending on the person, but they, are have, they do have a certain level of effectiveness to help people. Okay. Thank you very much for the no problem, Ed. Okay, Ed, thanks very much have for that. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thank you, Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're welcome. Great to be here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.